poll. I was wanting to see if you guys see the poll on here. I'm a kind of like a, I guess I'm kind of out of it. <laughs> Today is a very special day. First of all, we have so much to talk about because there's so much that happened in real estate this week of months of kind of the same same story going on and on and on. It's, we actually had a little shakeup this week because $1.78 billion was fined to uh, several brokerages, large brokerages, and the National Association of Realtors in a state. So we're going to find out what that means. If you don't remember, a couple of weeks back, we talked about what this lawsuit could mean. And now we're going to talk about what it means today. That and we have some other things that I need to talk about. First of all, the Fed met again and they paused rates. So that does mean something towards mortgage rates. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. What else we got on the docket, Eddie? <laughs> we, got a, we got a couple other things too. Happy oh, I wanted to. <laughs> thank you. Birthday! Thank you, Eddie. Today happens to be my birthday. And so <laughs> he wanted to put that out there. Thank you, Edward. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yep, I, I am a little bit older. I did get some nice gifts. Look at this. I got some on clouds. I got I got new shoes for my birthday. I got some new shoes. And uh, I made myself a nice dinner, some short ribs. So after after the live stream ends today, I will be having those. And Eddie made me some chocolate covered cream puffs. Um, what else are we going to talk about? There was something else. There was two, uh, two other things that I was going to talk about, Eddie. There was two articles, two more articles we're going to talk about. Um, it was the Fed. It was mortgage rates. Here it is. Yeah, it is. So we were talking about uh, the $4 billion, $1 billion case. We're talking about the Fed. We're talking about mortgage rates. And we talk, are going to talk about this poor girl posted uh, about her Christmas haul. She was she had getting ahead of the curve and she had a, a Christmas haul. And um, she showed it on TikTok and people are shredding her in the comments because of the type of home she lives in. So I want to want to get your opinion about that. So anyways, let's get into the, the meat of the crux of the, the situation. Thank you so much for the birthday wishes. I appreciate everybody wishing me a happy birthday. I feel young. Do I feel like I did in my 20s? No, I do feel a little worse than that. But I <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. I'm proud of myself for making it this far. That's for darn sure. <laughs> All right. And you put this, uh, put the article up on the case. So if you guys haven't heard, there was a lawsuit um, that was uh, out that was basically saying that it isn't really fair that the sellers have to pay the brunt of the commissions. And even when I first bought my first house, I always kind of thought it was crazy that like I didn't have to pay to buy a house, but the person selling their house had to pay. And then when I got into real estate, when I first got into real estate, they explained that it this all this whole culture of the seller paying changed in the 70s. And that they made they made it more fair for a person trying to buy a very their very first home because they have limited budget. And, and they said it was unfair to the public because it became a buyer beware situation where the sellers were represented, but the people purchasing a home weren't. So they were, they were at more of a disadvantage because of the fact that they weren't being represented fairly. So in the 70s, they changed it to the system we have now. Well, fast forward, commissions are really high, you know, especially, you know, with the home prices are extremely high. And, you know, the way that the real estate system works now is different than it was in the seventies. You know, like we don't have like books that we go through to find listings. We're not driving around finding, trying to find houses to uh, search up. 
Um, the MLS is no longer exclusive. Anybody can find a house and they say buyer's agents really don't do anything and they shouldn't be getting these kinds of commissions, according to the lawsuit. Um, and then the, and then of the fact that the seller has to pay the brunt of all of this, that the seller pays for those buyers commissions didn't seem fair. So they, they sued and, um, they have the, uh, the national association of realtors, um, and all these other brokerages had the opportunity to plead their case of why they felt like it was fair. The other thing is, is they had said that it was a big conspiracy between all of these major brokerages to keep rates at 6%. Anybody, this is, I want to make this very, very, very clear. It is not set in stone at 6%. It is not. It is always 100% negotiable. Now that agent can refuse to do it for X amount of dollars that you want to negotiate at, but it's not a set in stone price where nobody gets together. I mean, I, it could be the major brokerages, do, but I, I've never seen this. I'm, I'm not a broker, but I've never seen it where they all kind of sit around and go, okay, we're going to all price fix this at 6%. In my area, it isn't even, it isn't even 6%. No, like hardly anybody sells a home around here for 6%. It's like a big, it's a big, like happy surprise when you actually get to the closing table and you're like, oh, I get a 3% commission. Wow. You know? And um, so anyways, fast forward, they lost their case. <laughs> they lost it big time. <laughs> And the thing is, that doesn't mean that anything is going to change right now. The The ripple effect of this is because the the jury pretty much was unanimous in saying this was this wasn't fair to the people selling homes. Now, this uh, lawsuit has been brought up in other states. So something is going to change in the future. What real estate commissions and how they're paid out. I, I don't know what the answer is going to be. I don't know how they're going to change it, but there's definitely something that's going to change in the future. I can see it where basically that, you know, how like whenever you do a contract and you negotiate for closing costs when you're a buyer, I can see them negotiating the closing costs and part of the, the buyer agent commissions. I could see that happening in the future. Um, I can also see that a lot of uh, agents who, um, rested on their laurels for the last couple of years, thought that real estate was very easy and they didn't have to do much, are going to probably walk away from it because it's going to require them to do more work than they've had to do in the last couple of years. Um, we've already seen that happen. Real estate was, was crazy for the whole pandemic. And agents got in it because they were like, oh, this is easy. All I have to do is pick up the phone and someone buys a house. But anybody that's been in this business for a extended period of times knows that it is not an easy business. And um, if you know nothing about marketing and you know nothing about contracts, you will, you will drown in it. And so um, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing for our industry altogether. It kind of weeds out the people that are in it for the wrong reasons and that really just don't know anything about what they're doing. So um, it'll be interesting, but I want to get your take on it. Do you think that sellers, home sellers should be paying the buyer's commissions for the buyer's agent? Or do you think that the buyer should be paying this and it's something that, that can be negotiated like it's always been in the 70s? Do you think that like they could add an addendum? Just let me know what you think. No. And and like uh, Clark, the realtor says, it's it's not an easy business. No, it's not. No, it's not.
Noreen says, I tried to negotiate with a local agency to lower the commission. I could not afford to pay 6%, but they refused. Went for sale by owner, posted the listing, and MLS listing saved me 3%. You can totally do that. And it's always been a um, an option in every MLS that I know of is there are brokerages that call it a flat fee MLS. So basically what you're doing is paying $500 to have your listing put on the MLS. And when it is put on the MLS, then it becomes syndicated and it automatically goes to like realtor.com. It goes to uh, all the agencies that your MLS is associated with. So you can pay that flat fee and then put it on the MLS. And then another agent can come in and sell, like sell the house. They'll, they'll represent the, the other side of that transaction again, but you're, if you're selling for sale by owner, you're still negotiating with that agent to pay them a commission. It comes straight out of the seller's proceeds when that happens. If if we looked at it as the world that they're hoping that the world will be in the future, you could sell technically sell your house for sale by owner, pay that flat fee MLS. And then when the buyer comes along, if they don't have an agent, you basically are doing it on your own. But if they do have an agent, either the buyer has to pay for that agent or they're going to negotiate a, a a price, a commission price for that agent to be represented by the buyer. So it will, it will be interesting in the future. That's for sure. Uh, Flippity Floppity says, agree that the seller should pay. The buyer is one shelling out hundreds of thousands of dollars. They are the ones that are vulnerable in the transaction. Yeah. It's like I said, this is going to be interesting. This is the first time a case like this has actually gotten this far and, and they won. Um, every time that this has ever come up in previously, they've always said, well, when it comes down to it, it ends up being that the seller has all the advantage and the buyers do not. And, um, so, well, it, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Christy Creek said, thank you so much for the happy birthday wishes. I appreciate it. Both people, like you uh, said, it depends on the deal. And you, both people, like you said, it depends on the deal. Hold on, Eddie, put that. Wow. Uh, it depends on the deal you come up with. Yeah, you can you can negotiate it. Like, I've seen it where, um, like, I, I don't know how many times I've taken a hit on, on commissions just to make it work. Like they were short $1,500. Now I can't like, honest to God, I can't just say, well, I'll take a $1,500 decree, you know, like a decrease in the commissions because the commissions actually are technically not to me. They're actually to my brokerage. So any kind of deduction from the commission itself, I have to ask my broker first. So I'll say to the, to the buyer's agent, yeah, look, you know, like, or to the seller, I'll say, look, I, I will take this deduction, but I have to ask my broker first in for right now, it's all verbal until I get it in writing from the broker that I can decrease my uh, commissions on our side for that amount of money. But I don't know how many times that like, I mean, honest God in the area that I live in, it happens all the time. Like there was some, something kooky that came up. And like the, the, we're short a thousand bucks or short, you know, even $3,000. And then the buyer's agent and the seller's agent split that amount of money from our commissions just to make it work. You know, we want it to close as much as you do. So, uh, you know, when you get down to the bottom, we, it sucks, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. But we, again, we have to ask the brokers first. It isn't, it isn't entirely up to us. We can't just say, yeah, we'll take it off unless you're a broker and then you can. So, um, Christina, I appreciate your brilliance on approach to the issue that underlie the real estate market. 
you're are filling the professionalism with kindness and straightforward approach and is monumental. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to have to move this over because I can't, can't she, I got to, oh, this is, this is so much better. There we go. I had to move my little window because I was like doing, I was like crawling under the microphone to <laughs> see the comments. The seller should pay. I, I get, I get what they're saying though. I understand what they're saying. Cause like if you're selling a house at $300,000 and then you're paying a 6% commission and then, then the buyer comes by and says, yeah, you're going to sell this with a 6% commission that you're paying my buyer's agent to. And, and then on top of it, you want an additional $3,000 for your closing costs. You know, I can understand why a seller gets upset about it. I, I can see both sides of, of the, the issue. I can see it from the seller's standpoint where they're paying a lot of money out. Why should they pay even more? You know, cause they're paying, they're paying their buyer's agent. You know, that buyer's agent isn't doing anything for them. But, and then the, on the other side, like these seller, these buyers, they need somebody to fill out that paperwork. That contract can get you or your butt into serious hot water, like forcing you to purchase a house. If you don't know what you're doing and how you're filling it out like you got to remember those contracts are written by lawyers and they know how to switch one word around to make it sound like it it's actually covering the buyer, but it's actually covering the seller because they, they knew how to write it. So, I mean, it's important to uh, understand what you're signing. It isn't just, uh, you know, I read one co uh, comment that said, Oh, you're just filling out a bunch of lines. It doesn't mean anything. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> wrong old moose breath. <laughs> you have to be very careful. And that's why um, when I was doing a lot more buyer's contracts, I used to meet with a title attorney and I'm like, what if I wrote it like this, would it represent the buyer more or the seller more? And he was like, well, it actually represent the buyer more. I'm like, because I, I represent a lot of a lot of buyers. So I used to meet with them all the time whenever they, because they change the contract every single year. <laughs> they change the purchase agreement every year. I, get, I think it's to keep you on your toes. So I always wanted to know the best way I could do that to cover whoever I was representing the best. You know, if I was representing the sellers, how could I write it for the sellers? If I was representing the buyers, how could I write it for the buyers? Because that's what your job is. That's what your job is. Buy now or wait? Oh, Maiden, let me explain to you. So this is a loaded question um, because the the housing market right now is, is ridiculously high. Not only are home prices extremely high, so are interest rates. And they've been coming out and it's always been like this. They've had these loans that are out there that encourage people to say, hey, you can do a you know, two, one buy down, you can do a blah, 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 you know, all these other things. If your payment, because we all work in payments, what is it going to cost me a month? If your payment is putting you in a place where you're like, well, if, if the, the time frame is up, I'm not gonna be able to afford this, or you're right on that line, don't buy a house, just don't. Um, if the payment is significantly higher than what you're paying now for rent. I would not buy a house, but your financial situation is going to be individual to you. And the best thing I can tell you to do is to either a meet with a financial advisor or b meet with a lender, but don't ever take one lender's advice. Never, ever, ever, never, ever take one lender's advice. Go to one lender, 
talk to them, see what they have to say, talk to another lender, then talk to another one. And don't be afraid for them to pull your credit. Because I know a lot of people say, well, my, my credit's low, so I don't want them to pull my credit. Here's the thing. Whenever lenders, they know what you're doing, they know that you're shopping your rate and that and they'll reflect that as part of your mortgage as well, because they know that you have to shop the best rate and shop the best area. So um, listen to what they all have to say. And there's all sorts of different loan packages out there that may be, make it available for you to purchase a house. Maybe you won't even have to put any money down at all with no closing costs, but you have to meet with those people and find out if that's going to be the best financial decision for you. Um, and the other thing I want to tell you is if you don't plan on buying a house, if you don't plan on keeping that house for more than seven years, don't buy it. Don't buy a house. I don't even care what market it is. Like I don't buy a house if you're not planning on keeping it for more than seven years. Cassandra Cree says, uh, why can't uh, each party just pay their agent? Is there advantage to the way it is now? All right, Cassandra, this is what I was just saying earlier. So it like, if you're a buyer and you're buying a, a house, you have a lot of upfront expenses. Like you have inspection fees, you have, um, you know, your closing costs that you have to pay. You're having, um, uh, there's all sorts of upfront costs that are coming towards you just to purchase the house in the first place. And even just the inspections alone, you could go through all that whole inspection period and be out of that over a thousand dollars because you found out the house wasn't even worth it. So those fees are accrued by a buyer. And so if they didn't, if they were not represented, they wouldn't know exactly what they should be paying. A lot of times they just don't have enough money up front to pay for those things. You're buying your second home. You're not going to have that issue, but people usually that very first home buyer is going to have the hardest time finding a house, having to pay for a real estate agent. And if they, if the, if it doesn't, if it works out the way that it used to in the seventies where they would have to pay, you know, each person, most likely, most likely they would forego getting a real estate agent. And then they could end up with a house they never intended to purchase because they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, I, when I bought my first house, I had no clue on what I was doing. I just was like, whatever. They told me sign here. I just signed. I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted a house and I just kept signing things. Thank God I had an honest real estate agent that first time, you know, but if you have a, it, the way that they are planning on doing it, which is the sellers are the only ones represented. You're basically at a buyer beware situation. The seller's agents are the ones that are representing the sellers and they're only going to do that to benefit the sellers. And that's it. Um, they may say, they, they may say, well, I'm fair. I'm very fair. And I'm, I'm sure there's some people out there that are very fair, but let's be honest. There's a lot that are not. And um, so that's why, that's why it's just, there's a, there's an advantage to the way it is now because it forces two agents to cooperate with one another where each side is represented fairly. That's why. If you guys like my cup, I actually have a link in the description for my overly sized uh, club, uh, cup. It's an uh, Amazon link, <laughs> affiliate link. You're more than welcome to get my cups. I love my cups. <laughs> MHO8 said, I lived, uh, I've owned for nearly 20 years and I still don't understand real estate. <laughs> Well, let me just tell you what real estate for the last like five years has put a lot of people that are 
experts on their toes because what they've said was going to happen didn't happen many times over. And, you know, then that caused a ripple effect in why there isn't a bunch of houses being built. Because, you know, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, the, the experts kept saying, oh, look at all these people taking forbearance. The housing market's going to crash. So the, of course, the builders are like, well, if it's going to crash, I'm not going to I'm not going to build. So they stopped building. And then what happened? There was pent up demand. People were trying to buy houses. They were overbidding. I mean, it caused a horrible ripple effect. Horrible. <laughs> so, yeah, I, the experts don't even understand real estate. <laughs> Christine Momoa says, uh, most agents won't drop their percentage. Well, I, I don't know about most agents, but if they're, I know the agents that are really busy are willing to negotiate because they're busy and a 1% decrease in commission prices is not going to make them not have food on their, on their table. And so they're looking for volume. They're trying to sell as many homes as possible. And those agents will negotiate. I'll just will say that, you know. <laughs> um, buyers have no leverage to ask for a, for a fee decrease. They're already committed to their home in, in their minds. Yeah, you know what? Like it's like a, maybe if the buyers did have to pay, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. If the buyers did have to pay for a buyer's agent, maybe that would give them more skin in the game or they wouldn't play these kind of Mickey Mouse games where, um, I mean, I've had this even happen to me where I had a buyer that would, they would go to a house, they'd say they love the house, they fill out a purchase agreement, they had a 10 day inspection period, and then they'd say, I don't want the house anymore. Then they go to the next house, do the same thing. Then they go to the next house, they do the same thing. And after the fourth time, I'm like, I don't think you're gonna find a house that you really like. I think, I don't think I'm the right agent for you. And I had to move on because they, you know, th that was weekends after weekends, after weekends, driving them around, showing them all these houses, doing these purchase agreements. And I don't think, I don't even know if they ever bought a house. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. So yeah, maybe some more skin in the game wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be a bad idea, but you can always work it out. You can always work just like you work in closing costs for your house. Whenever you're a buyer and you're you're short, you could always work in the closing from the closing costs. You could probably work in those real estate commissions if it changes, if this changes, that you know the sellers to pay you know X amount for the buyer's agent. You you technically could anything's negotiable, and you could put that in an addendum or part of the contract. Um, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not saying um, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, I I foresee this is how it would work. Um, peanut kinder says my buyer's agent did a lot of work and you know what, honestly, I'm going to tell you the, this is, you can ask any real estate agent, the smaller the house, the more difficult it is to, to get all the things done. And I'll tell you the hardest transactions that I've ever done in my career have to do with manufactured mobile homes. You know, like some people call them trailer homes because there's so many different parts to that home to verify, first of all, its age, um, the plate on it. If it doesn't have a plate, you have to go through all these hoops. You gotta make sure it's registered correctly. You gotta make sure it's titled correctly. It's a lot more work than you know, your typical like three bedroom, two bath, average size home. Those, those homes tend to like easily go through. It's the ones that are smaller, 
or older that take a lot more time and a lot more effort, but it all balances out. You have like three that are just rake you over the coals. And then you have one that's really easy. And you're like, thank God, finally, <laughs> finally, I had one that didn't like kill me. <laughs> you know, it always happens that way. Who, oh, this is a great screen name. It says Pooh's Blustery Day. <laughs> I'm sure that's like Winnie the Pooh. Um, I've always felt like the, uh, the realtors had us by the ankles with uh, double 3% fees. The title company does the majority of the work. I feel thankful this is uh, coming to light. And a lot of people feel that way. Uh, they really do. And I, and I, I think that is honestly the fault of real estate agents. Honest, I'm going to be frank. I'm, I am a real estate agent. And a lot of these people that are posting these Instagram pictures and they make it look so easy. They, they have no idea what, like they just, they've had a very easy time for the last couple of years. When I got into real estate, it was the start of the first housing crash that, that has ever happened that I remember in, in my history of selling real estate. And I, I mean, these, these agents were running around with chickens with their head cut off because they didn't know what to do. Nothing was selling. House prices were dropping like a rock. People were being foreclosed on. People had no idea what a short sale was. I would spend, I remember I'm not, I'm not exaggerating at all. I was trying to help this seller sell their house. And I was on the phone with their bank for four straight hours, four straight hours trying to get this all situated because it became a, such a nightmare. I mean, the amount of contracts and having to relearn all of that stuff just to get people's homes sold. I worked my tail off 2008, 2009, 2010 really helping people try to sell their homes in a really desperate market and in not having them raked over the coals during that time as well. It was a lot of work. People don't see that part of it. Nobody, nobody sees what, what happens behind the scenes when, when a, the buyers and the sellers, they can't get along. And then the sellers are getting divorced from one another. And then you have three different emails going out, but you want to make sure they're on the same page you, you, how many times that we're sitting on the phone to make sure that the loan is actually going through and trying to get those buyers lenders on the phone. We spend a lot of time on the freaking phone and it's our fault that we make it look easy. Honest to God, it's our fault. Um, the, like the, we have not exposed the truth of the, like all you see is the glamour side of real estate. You, nobody sees the other part of it and all the freaking paperwork on top of it. Uh, I mean, it's, a, there's so much more to it than, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not saying the, like, there isn't a bunch of boobs out there that are selling, selling real estate that make it look like easy, but I'm going to tell you that I want to see their, their bank accounts. I really do. Cause <laughs> I remember this girl that bought a Lexus and she showed up in her sh pretty shoes and I'm like, oh, she just had a really good year next year. She has to pay all that stuff. And she's going to regret that buying that damn BMW. <laughs> like, Yeah. Anyways, there uh, a good agent is worth its weight in gold. A bad agent is like nothing but a piece of trash. <laughs> That's and I've had to deal with that too. So like, I've I've had it where uh, I'm the buyer's agent and the seller's agent is they won't pick up their phone. They're not even answering their own sellers. Their sellers are calling me. All they did was put a sign in the yard. And so I'm doing the whole entire transaction to get it to close on time. I've had that happen too. You know. So if 
if all of this ends up being that it changes the commission structure and gets rid of a lot of crappy real estate agents, I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to you for being a very challenging, <laughs> very challenging industry. I do, I do love the challenge of finding somebody who's had a hard time financially, right? They've had a really tough time financially and they thought they never could afford a home. And then we do some good creative financing and then everything said and done, their payment is actually less than it would have been if they were renting. And they're so much happier because they now own a piece of real estate. To me, that is like, I feel like I, like when I get done with that, I feel like I won the lottery. And literally those are the least expensive checks I've ever made in my life. But I'm like, I, I just feel like I, I like stuck it to the man, you know, like you thought you could keep him in the renter cycle. Look at this. They have it. The American dream. <laughs> you know, that's so dumb, but I, that, that's what drives me. I love it. I love it. Uh, tattooed lady says after, uh, searching, I jumped on a newer single wide manufactured home on 2.8 acres for under $95,000. Thanks to many of your videos that you posted. You helped me understand that this is an option. Thanks tattooed lady. I'm so excited for you because I'm going to tell you something else. I want you to look at it like this. Let's just say, because you have 2.8 acres. Let's just say in uh, three to four more years, you have a secret uncle that has now bestowed to you a good $500,000. Now you could build the dream home that you've always wanted. You could build the house that you've always wanted on those 2.8 eight acres. Then you could take that manufactured home and save it for like a guest house uh, for when people come over or a, um, a game room or something like that. So now you have another piece of property. And if you're really like brave, brave, you could take that manufactured home that because your uncle has given you like a, a, a nest egg that you build your own house. You could take that manufactured home and turn it into a rental property. So now you have an income producing property because your uncle was really like swell to you and gave you extra money. Now that's in fairy tale land, but it's something to think about if people are on the fence if they should ever buy a manufactured home. Because sometimes as when people real estate agents that don't understand manufactured homes, they will value the land, but not value the manufactured home, which is not right on their part, but they don't know any better. And so when they have this piece of land, you're getting a heck of a deal because you're basically getting a house for free. <laughs> you're basically getting a house for free. And it's just because somebody didn't know what they were doing when they priced the piece of property. Win-win for you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Clifton Wellman says, I used my VA loan and got a 6.77 rate on a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house for 230. The selling point for me was that it sits on one acre lot in town. Yeah, man. Get yourself a... If I had one acre of land, all I think about all the time is how I'd love to just garden my own food. Not anything like crazy, crazy, but I love to like can stuff. I'm really, I love canning because nothing makes me feel good. You know, like in the wintertime, like, can I get some corn? Sure. Let me pull it out. Look at this can of corn. I've actually grown from my backyard. <laughs> I have it all canned right here. Um, I'm in like jam, you know, like, oh, can you grab me some jam? Yeah, let me grab this this canned jam that I just made myself, you know? I love that. If I had an acre of land, that's what I'd do. <laughs> yep, that's what i do. Congratulations. That's 6.77% is awesome. Awesome. Uh, Gina Adams says, if you, uh, if you're, ugh. 
if you feel your realtor isn't representing you in the best way possible, is it possible to get out of your contract before the time is up? Ooh, that's a loaded question. That may relay. You're going to have to check out your state, but like here in the state of Louisiana, if you're under contract with that house, you have to continue with the agent on that house with a caveat. If you're having problems with your agent, I strongly suggest contacting that agent's broker and you can tell them like what's going on that you would like to work with somebody else either in their office or with them as a broker directly. So that way you don't have to deal with that specific agent anymore. It's very possible for you to do that. But if you're under, like here in the state of Louisiana, if you're under contract uh, with a uh, with a house already, you can't, you have to stick it through all the way to the end because that broker's name is already on that contract. I'm going to look at the comments here. Oh, here we go. They disappeared on me. Um, it seems that real estate agents are now changing their tune. Before it was buy, buy, buy. Now it's don't buy. I I, I don't know if you've ever seen my channel before. <laughs> you know? I've, I've never said, I've always said the same thing. If you're in the right financial situation, you should buy. And I that didn't matter at all. Like, I, matter of fact, I even did a video that, I want you to think about this. This is so crazy to me. And real estate agents to this day still do this. They say, well, interest rates are the only reason why people can't buy a house. The average, the average house right now is just over $400,000. If it's at 3%, if it's at 8%, if it's at 10%, $400,000 home, a home for $400,000, most people in the United States cannot afford it. A good portion of the United States cannot afford a, a $400,000 home, no matter what the interest rate is. <laughs> you know, It depends on your financial situation. I've always said, if your financial situation's allowed for you to buy and you plan on buying uh, and you keep that home for seven years, then do it. But if you're, if you're gambling, if you're gambling and hoping that the interest rates will drop to 5% in the next year or two, and you're doing one of these like to one buy down type of loans, and you're really, it's a gamble for you because if it changes and the interest rates are higher and you can't afford it, and then you're gonna have to sell your house, don't freaking buy a house. Don't do that. Like be smart about it. And I always say, check in with a financial ad advisor when it comes to your personal uh, uh, your personal accounting, your personal debts, and if you can really afford a house or not, not everybody can afford a house. And right now they certainly can't with the price of everything is like so grossly high. So food, like how, how high is food right now? So disgustingly high. <laughs> like I can't believe what you can get for a hundred bucks and you couldn't, you cannot feed one person. Maybe you could. If, if you really, if you really planned it out, you probably could feed a family of four for a hundred bucks in a week. I used to be able to feed a family of four for a hundred bucks in a month. You know, it's like, it's so crazy. Oh, <laughs> Wes wanted me to say uh, he, he, he was sneaky. So uh, the way it works is that if you want your, your comment put on the screen, you have to put the word question. <laughs> And then they'll, your comment will be on the screen. But Wes did it even better. He said, question. And all he said was, hi, Christina. <laughs> Love that. Love that. That was cute. <laughs> uh, please, 
Pooh's blustery day said, um, I've heard horror stories when buyers agents show dozens of homes on a flaky buyer. Oh my goodness. Oh, I've, I've had flaky buyers and I've had fl flaky sellers and, uh, the, the worst buyers ended up being the worst sellers. I, I worked with this couple and I swore up and down. These people were the most horrible human beings and they happened to find each other and get married. And I'm like, uh, the, like, I didn't even, two more disgusting people in the world couldn't have been more perfectly matched for each other. And I thought, oh my God, these people will never, ever, ever call me again because I'm, you know, I'm pretty point blank on things. And the, when they went to go sell their house, I was shocked that they called me to sell their house because they, I was shocked because I had changed my marketing and I did these really fun listing videos where I would, <laughs> no lie, I dress in, um, uh, I make like a comedy skit about their, uh, about the listing. So one of, one of my listing videos was like the price is right where I was wearing a price is right dress and a wig. And I was showing the different features of the house. You know, <laughs> I thought there's no way that these people are going to call me to do one of their listing videos. <laughs> and they did, <laughs> they did. But I have to tell, tell you though, so selling it wasn't nearly as bad as finding them a house. So that was, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Oh, I used a referral from Christina uh, for my first home and had an amazing experience with my realtor. That's yay. Definitely get a recommendation if you're unsure of who you might uh, need it to in your area to assist you. So if you guys don't know, I offer service um, where I find you a real estate agent in your specific area. If I can't find you one, I'll let you know that as well. Cause I, I I'm, I'm connected with thousands of agents across the country, but I'm not necessarily I don't know everybody under the sun and there's some little remote areas that I just can't find you an agent on. But if you're looking for a real estate agent and you want me to connect you with somebody that I do personally know, all you have to do is go to my website at christinasmallhorn.com and fill out one of the forms. Please make sure you put in your phone number so I can give you a personal phone call. And yes, I personally do phone call you. <laughs> you know, I do call you. So uh, yeah, if you're looking for one. Thank you so much for the kudos. I appreciate it. Oh, look, we got a $10 super chat. Thank you. Happy birthday. I always look forward to, to your Sunday smiles and laughs. Somebody told me that I laugh too much. They're like, how can I take this girl seriously? She's always giggling and laughing all the time. And I'm like, wow, I bet you're fun at parties. <laughs> like, I can't help myself. I, you know, if you're going to be miserable all the time, you might as well laugh about it. You know, <laughs> um, Buyers shouldn't pay. They're uh, already paying twice as much as they have to borrow with interest and mo uh, most vulnerable in the transaction. A lot of people feel that way. And that's why it was changed in the early, like mid seventies when this, when the way that the pay structure worked now was it enacted, it was because for that very reason, that very reason. Yep. Buyers and renters pay in New York. Buyers and renters pay in New York. What do they pay for? Is, are you talking about the commissions? Do they pay? Hmm. Uh, Laura says, uh, question, is it possible to qualify for a loan if you've never established any credit, never had a credit card, nor uh, any debt? You could probably have credit on things you don't even realize you have credit on. Like if you paid... Uh, they now accept rent as part of your credit report, which they never did before. Um, paying your utility bills on time that have been under your name, that's part of your credit report. Um, paying your cell phone, that, I mean, all those little things that you don't realize are part of your credit, it's part of your credit. But 
it makes it much more difficult if you have no credit to buy a home. It's actually worse. It's actually worse. But if you, I mean, even a car payment, if you have a car payment, that's part of your credit, you know? Um, so just, yeah, you're going to have to check with uh, a lender, a uh, mortgage broker on that. And uh, like I said, just don't talk to one, talk to several, interview several. And that goes for real estate agents as well. I'm, I'm, just because you talk to one real estate agent on the phone does not mean you're stuck with that person. Even if they showed you a house before, if you're not gelling, you know, it's not gelling like Magellan, just, just move on to the next person. And um, nothing's requiring you to sign anything. Sometimes when I've seen this before, You'll go to an open house and they'll be like, hey, I need you to sign this um, buyer's agreement. Don't you sign that? Say, no, I'm not signing that. Um, well, the, And they'll say, well, you have to sign it in order to see the house. No, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, just don't see the house. If they're, if they're making you sign something that, that requires you that you have to work with them, move on. I mean, that's, that's, that's a little shady to me. I've seen it. I've heard trainings on it. I don't do it. If you don't want to work with me, that's fine. You know, I know I'm annoying. <laughs> I annoy myself sometimes. <laughs> Edgar says, hello, I saw a realtor on Instagram saying to buy a house and he guarantees that the market is better than ever. Wow. I mean, I guess that's, uh, I guess, I guess it depends on what market you in. I, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, some markets aren't doing so hot. Some of them are, most markets in the United States are remaining flat. And uh, in, in some areas, home prices are still going up. But that the market being good is relative to your area. If you're in Austin, Texas, you wouldn't feel like it's doing good, you know? But that also has to do with the fact that they've had a lot of new construction around there. So <laughs> I don't know how you guarantee it. How do you guarantee it's better than ever like tomorrow it can all come crashing down yeah my grocery bill is 41 percent higher than three years ago yes my mom used to feed a family of four for 20 dollars a week that was 50 years ago yeah well back during the last uh financial crisis i was like i was a real estate agent i wasn't selling homes nobody was selling homes right and then my husband had gotten laid off at his job at the same time and we were new to this area and I'm like, how are we going to do this? And I remember, like, you, my kids to remember this day, how I would used to pull out the circular and figure out the groceries by the, what was on sale, like the buy one, get one free, the circular. And we would plan on our meals. And I was like, it was kind of like a game, like how cheap can I get our weekly grocery bill TV? <laughs> There's some staples you have to have though, like bread and butter and all that other stuff. But yeah, it was like a... I, to this day, I, I won't, my, my daughters remember that I could take a chicken and make three meals out of one whole chicken. And I still, and I still do that to this day. I make three meals out of one rotisserie chicken. <laughs> Peter's, uh, Peter has a question says, is it harder now for you to get a real estate agents on your show? It is not harder for me to get real estate agents on my show. It's just that I, um, I have had some agents on my show that were in on the show for different reasons uh, other than trying to help the public. And I, I'm here for you guys. And I, I want to make sure that the people that come on here 
are here for you guys and provide value to you. Um, I've actually even had to remove some live streams of some agents um, and some mortgage brokers that kind of did, did me dirty and did my audience dirty. And um, so I'm very selective. And if I can't find anybody that week, it's just me. <laughs> It's just me. So, <laughs> Dion Sanders says, uh, uh, I, uh, I rent from a corporate housing company in Vegas. Do you think I'll catch a break on rent when I renew in February? Most likely not. If I, if, if I was to bet, let's bet you a dollar. I'll bet you a dollar that you're not going to get a, you're not going to get a, a, a break in, in February. I, and I'm serious as a heart attack. <laughs> I will gladly bet you a dollar. I don't want the dollar from you if I win. I'm just saying, if I lose, I'll gladly give you the dollar. <laughs> gladly. Um, I would love to be wrong about that. I don't see rents going down anywhere. Nowhere. Uh, we have a question for the uh, for our little moderator in the background that nobody sees. Eddie, can you please pull up her... Uh, her price right her price is right video oh my price is right video oh my god let me let me um see if i could i'm not joking though I, i'm wearing a wig <laughs> my price is i'm gonna have to i'm like i'm literally pulling it up on my phone and then i'll send it to eddie uh on the back end smell horn yeah it's a it's old. It's really old. It's funny though. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Oldest. Let's pull it up. Oh my gosh. Now I got to pull up my glasses to even find it. Oh, oh God. I even have one where I'm, where I'm playing a little girl with, who's picking her nose. <laughs> I did the dumbest uh, things just to sell a house. I, you know, like whatever got the attention. <laughs> I was, I was willing to throw on a wig. I even, I have a video on here where I have, a, I play a, a really awful real estate agent. That's just, that only wants to make Instagram posts instead of selling houses. Her name was Tiffany. I, I made a whole character out of her. Um, it's coming up. I know I'm, I'm scrolling through. I have a, I have one with my dog. No, you guys don't even care about this. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. You know what? I'll pin it in the comments because people don't want to sit here and watch me scroll for videos. <laughs> um, one more second, one more second. Oh, this was probably one of my favorite ones. I'll, this was a, a listing video I did. Eddie, put this one on the on the thing. I can't find it, but um, I'm sending this other one and it was a, it was a Christmas one that I did. It was fun. <laughs> Oklahoma, uh, in Oklahoma houses, houses are still high and people are buying. Yeah. Their people are still buying here. We've slowed down. So I'm in the Baton Rouge area and homes are still selling, but they're the homes in the lower part of the price point. Those homes that are like over 400,000, they're sitting a little bit longer, but they're still below what I would say is an average day on the market. Average day on the market used to be here. It was between 60 and 90 days. Now it's taking like 30 to 40 days here to sell a house. 
but it's up from where it was a couple years ago. So people are like, oh, wow, you know, it took it took them nearly a month to sell their house. Like, so? So what? Like, you know, six weeks on the market isn't long. But when you're putting it in comparison to what we've seen in the last couple of years, yeah, it's a lot longer. But you got another thing I wanted to put in perspective, too. This time of year is not normally the time of year that the housing market's really hot. You know, these are this is when people start like if the house is for sale at this time of year, it's because they have to sell it. You know, so that if you think about that, too, if you're trying to look for a house, they're more willing to negotiate because who wants to have their house on the on the market when you got Halloween, then you have Thanksgiving, then you have uh, then you have Christmas and all the other holidays wrapped around it where you're, you know, you're decorating and all this stuff and then you can't decorate because you're trying to sell your house. People don't want to do that. So you're going to see a lot of numbers that, that the headlines are going to make it look like it's awful, terrible news. The sky is falling news when it comes to the housing market. But this is normal, typical stuff. Houses don't typically sell a lot during this time of year. So my mother just bought uh, a house. Oh, a 0.97 of an acre of raw land. We were looking at manufactured homes in Florida. Good on you, man. I mean, honest to God, the way that manufactured homes are built now, people would be totally shocked how nice they are. They're genuinely nice. Not only that, if you live in an area like Florida, they're built for the specific wind speed of your area. So you're not going to get a house that isn't meant for the wind speed of an area like Florida. Got to remember too, that your, uh, your property taxes are a lot less money when you have a manufactured home on a piece of property. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> so, Eddie, I just sent you that, um, that Christmas one. If you want to put that one up on the screen, my Christmas video, I, again, I'm wearing a wig. I'm wearing a wig. It just so happens that wig was the same color as my hair now, <laughs> which is funny, which is funny. Oh, here we go. Don't forget to turn on the volume on the, on the, uh, <laughs> this is so funny. Sweet. Sure, Sydney. I have one right here. I can't see it. Once upon a time, there was a I girl can't see named the thing. Karen. Oh, there we go. Who wanted nothing more in the world than to find a home before Christmas? I really do want a home for Christmas. So I think it's kind of skippy. I don't Twitter think your internet and Instagram friends and of course hey, Eddie, stick it to the ex-boyfriend who was so stupid for breaking up with her before her birthday. Last you know what, Christmas, Eddie, stop. I gave him my heart and the All very right, next day he gave it away. All right. I pulled that out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you can't even see it, but I'll put the Eddie, go ahead and put the link of that video in the description, like in the in the comment section. But yeah, we're in a my kid is in that in that video, too. It's over five years old, but it was. It was a, I made a, a whole video about a Christmas story about a house that I was selling. <laughs> Those were fun. Those are fun. They were a creative way to sell a house. It worked. It worked. So, um, what hidden risks do sellers take when, uh, when a selling on a con selling on a contract? Oh, are you, are you saying what, what risks could happen if they, um, if the contract wasn't filled out correctly? Well, they can be forced to sell a house when they, you know, like if it was not filled out correctly and it didn't represent the seller in a fair way, they could be forced to sell their house when they weren't ready to sell their house for less money than they intended to. So, um, but most of the time when you look at uh, purchase agreements, they're in favor of the seller. Um, not all states are, are put, set up that way, uh, but most states, like you'll see that the purchase agreement looks like it's 
it favors the seller more than it does the buyer. They'll say it does not. They're like, it's on equal playing field. But um, yeah, no, it's not. So you just got to really, you have to work with an agent uh, that really understands the contract itself and understands their the addendums that are, could be used to help in facilitating your contract in a better way. So anyway, anyway, oh, Eddie, show the, um, the interest rates, what they're doing that I think it's a Yahoo news video. So I don't know if you guys saw the fed is actually paused rates again. Um, so they're, they didn't raise them. They didn't lower them. And of course that always asks bears the question that like I asked in the poll, it, does that mean that we're going to see, um, we're going to see uh, interest rates drop. Well, it looked like it, it kind of did. <laughs> it, little, it did touch the interest rates a little bit. Mortgage rates are dropping faster, fast after a shock job, after a shock jobs report set, set off a series of dominoes on Wall Street. The housing market can thank Detroit's striking auto workers. So here's the deal. Well, you know, like interest rates for homes always follows the bonds market and, you know, I don't even think it was what Jerome Powell said during his actual written speech. It was what he always says afterwards that makes markets act the way they do. And he didn't really touch on the housing market too much, but he did touch on jobs. And like I told you before, they only have so many levers they can pull before to tamper down inflation. And they still want to mess with the jobs because they have an overinflated jobs market. They have more jobs that need to be filled than they have workers that are willing to fill them. And so um, we'll see what happens after the first year. Um, I, I, the only thing I can honestly say, unless uh, there is another type of financial collapse somewhere, it's the going to be jobs that causes how home prices to drop. So in our upside down economy where good news in or for ordinary pe people means bad news for financial markets, worries about the overheated labor market pushed a 10 year treasury yields to the highest level in 16 years in October. That put pressure on stocks and lifted the average rate on Americans' most popular mortgages in yet a more accessible, inaccessible territory, pushing it above 8% for the first time in 23 years. But it actually came down a little bit. So uh, it. You know, it was up over 8%, but it, it wasn't on Friday. Uh, that changed. But everything may have just changed Friday when the Labor uh, Department issued its monthly jobs report, which shocked the with a shockingly no low number of 150,000 jobs were created. Last month, it was 20,000 uh, 20, fewer jobs forecasted. Barely half of the 297 gained seen in September. So... They still say they're creating jobs, but not the same rate as they were. I don't even know how why that's so shocking. At least they're not losing jobs. <laughs> you know? The news helped push the average 30-year fixed rate mortgage to just below 7.4%. Friday, it's at its lowest level in two months. That's what I was saying. Yep. Yep. Um, news helped push the average 30-year All right. Yeah, news uh, pushed it over to three seven point four on the Friday, lowest levels in two months, relieving some of the pressures, relieving some of the pressures on the housing market. But here's where I, how is this relieving the pressures on the housing market? Homes are too expensive. Homes, 
the average home in the United States is over $400,000. If it goes from 8% to 7.4%, that is still way unaffordable for the average American. That is ludicrous to me when they keep saying, well, if it was that 3%, then homes would be more affordable. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. The cost of a home is ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Affordability isn't just about the interest rate. It's about the price of the home too. I mean, okay. You, you watch, they're going to, they're going to try to bring in 60 year mortgages. So people will finance their lives away. Ugh, so crazy. Blues Buster Day says a way back then were buyers uh, able to get to roll the commission into their loan. Uh, no, they just, they kind of just depended on, they depended on the lady or the, the person selling the house to do the whole entire transaction. That's what they did. They, they just said, okay, I'm going to handle the whole entire transaction. You walked in a house, whoever was selling it, that's the agent that you used. She facilitated or he facilitated the whole entire transaction and you bought a house. That's how it worked. You know, and that like today that would be considered dual agency and some states don't even allow for dual agency. So yeah, here's another one. Eddie and I used to do Samantha live streams together for trivia. Let's take a look at our first showcase. Eddie, they don't can see this. begins with this home for sale in Prairieville, Louisiana. This 1,648 square foot <laughs> home comes with mature landscaping. I don't know. If it's I'm skippy on my end. No one's seeing this. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong. It's too skippy. Yeah, but that, that was uh, my uh, Price is Right video. <laughs> yeah. Housing today, at the price that it is today, no matter what the interest rate, has become a luxury. And to me, housing should never have been a luxury. It is a necessity in any walk of life for people to have a safe, affordable home to live in and how it has turned into uh basically like the stock market is disgusting my my aunt bought her first house for seven thousand dollars seven thousand dollars do you know what she sold that stupid house for i it was over six hundred thousand dollars that's dumb that's dumb I don't make the rules though. Uh, question. What's the future of buying and selling? What about AI? Would it, uh, would, what would revolutionize the process is buying and selling done any better in other countries? So everybody has their own system of, um, buying and selling homes in the UK, for instance, they call them estate agents. They, they don't get like a commission like we do. They're paid like, um, you know, they're, they're just paid like a, a job. Just like, you know, you work from nine to five and this is how you get paid. Um, some other countries do it the same way. I, there is no system that I could say is the perfect system. Um, the, you know, even some of the larger brokerages try to do like a flat rate system but they didn't sell anymore and they didn't have necessarily satisfied buyers, sellers, or employees by doing that system. I don't know what the end all be all is. Um, I just think that anything that is negotiable is the best system where everybody feels like they got a fair deal. 
that you were able to negotiate that. Um, I, you would think that would work like the car industry, like where you could go online and you see a car that you want for sale and you're like, all right, I'm willing to pay that amount of price instead of sitting there haggling with some guy, you know, saying, what do you think about this number? You know, that guy, you know, that slides a piece of paper when you buy a car. Um, but they tried that. They tried that and it, it has been highly unsuccessful. They, they did it with several different models uh, where they, that was just a, basically a flat rate. It didn't work. Didn't work for the buyers, didn't work for the sellers. And, it, um, and the, the people that were the agents on doing it didn't like it either. So, yeah. Really interesting. Question. Uh, babe, I already did this question. You already showed this one. Oh, um, what the REO market is uh, right for deals and financing. Yeah. So if you guys are looking for like uh, foreclosed properties, a lot of the... Uh, um, suppressed supply of foreclosed homes has now hit the market. It happened last month. Uh, that's why I was telling you to guys to go to, I have, a, I have an affiliate link in the description and it's like all the foreclosed properties that you don't see on Zillow and Redfin and all those big brokerages. These, this is like the hidden, uh, foreclosed properties. So in my description, there's an affiliate link for foreclosure.com and I've, some of my investor clients have used this company to find the best foreclosure. So um, if you're in that market, there has been a, some foreclosed properties released. Go ahead and take a look at them. And then relocation properties too. A lot of companies that were like, oh, you could always work from home, you know, and now they're like, no, you can't work from home. We want you to come back. And they were like, well, I moved to Arizona because you said I could work from home. So now you have all these these uh, company bought properties and that there's deals to be made there too. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there it is, foreclosure.com. Go over there and you can create an account. Like I said, there is an affiliate link there. If you're not in the market like this month to look at a home, you can go in there and then create a, a profile. And when you create the profile, let them know what area that you're looking in and then they'll send you alerts. And then when you decide that you want to like actually put in a bid and actually buy one of those homes, then use my affiliate link. So you get a little discount and you can keep it for 30 days. <laughs> Not telling you, telling you how to sneak on the system, but you know, like I said, I love a good deal. <laughs> I like a good deal. So uh, uh, question, I've seen builder restrictions going up higher and higher to the uh, minimum of 2,700 square feet in some of the poorest areas of the South. What sets the, who sets the restrictions and can they be challenged? And I tell you guys this all the time. Yes, it can be challenged. Do you know who sets those restrictions? Is that when you, there's all these meetings that happen in your county and the builders make the restrictions. They're the ones who say, hey, look, you know, like we don't want any of these small houses uh, in our area because it makes our area look poor. So, um, you know, it, 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 they'll say it invites riffraff to come in because they're poor and they can't afford stuff. And so we want to make sure we only get the rich people in here. So we're going to make the building minimums 2,700 square feet. They do that. And the best way for you to fight it is to go to those meetings and say, absolutely not. We have people that need a, an affordable place to live and they work three jobs. They should be able to find an affordable place to live. And so you, yeah, you can, you can fight those. You can, all you have to do is go in and, and ask, like go in and 
plead your case and why it's important to have affordable housing in your area. And I'm not talking, whenever I say affordable housing, people say, well, I don't want Section 8 housing in my area. I'm just saying affordable in the fact that if the average pay in your area is $60,000 for the average worker that's working there, there should be homes available for that person making a $60,000 income to be able to purchase a home. And it can't be filled up with corporate rentals, right? Like we shouldn't, our, our neighborhood should not be bought up by corporate investors that are making, forcing people to rent for the rest of their lives. You know, people should have an opportunity to have a piece of Americana and their own American dream. Not everybody wants to buy a house, but everybody should at least have the opportunity to. So anyway, super chats, super chats. Oh, I haven't heard that, that little sound bite in a while. Thank you, Eddie, with a $20 uh, super chat. Thank you so much for the $20 super chat. I will use that for my birthday fund. I'm getting my hair done. I'm getting my hair done on Wednesday. That's what I, one of my birthday gifts. I'm getting my hair done. Do you think I should go blonde all over you guys? Or should I uh, continue to, with the highlights? Because I'm pretty dark. If you don't know, I have some natural white highlights in there. Some silver tsunami highlights. <laughs> so, yeah. Question. Who's responsible when the seller sells the home that is out of deed compliance and the fine, the new owner for improvements made years earlier? Ooh, that's a title issue. You may want to check with the, if this is on something that you purchased, I would tech, check with your title attorney that closed it and then um, figure out how you can work around that. You, I would I would definitely do that. Um, and then of course, when you go up to planning and zoning, show them when you actually purchased the house and what was done to it. Because you probably have an inspection report that shows all the things that were done way before you were ever in it. Yep. Thank you for the happy birthday wishes. Yes. Today it's a like, this isn't even like my, my birthday is tomorrow. It's actually today, today. I even made all my meal and Eddie uh, and I worked on my dessert and everything last night. So that way, when we got done with the stream, we could, <laughs> we could have a nice dinner sitting down with everybody. I'm really excited. We're having a, I made short ribs. If you guys don't love short ribs, I don't know what to tell you. They're the most delicious things on the planet. <laughs> They're so good. Jerry Prusa says, how do you define affordable? May, maybe the average American doesn't deserve a luxury owned owning a house. No, I mean, I, I'm not saying everybody deserves a safe place to live. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's controversial to say. Everybody deserves a place to live. Everybody. A affordable meaning that it's in in line with the economy in your area. If if the economy in your area, all the houses are over six hundred thousand, and only a sprinkling of those are are under that. But most of the people living in there, the majority of the people living in there, can't are are working two jobs just to be able to afford rent. And I'm going to tell you where this happens is Wyoming. They have beautiful houses and ranches and everything else. It is full, full with people that have wonderful homes, but the average person that lives there can't afford to live there. So they've actually had to create housing for people so they can work in the area. And they even raised the incomes to $20 an hour and $20 an hour can't find you at a place to rent in this area of Wyoming. 
the it's a huge divide. It's the haves and have nots. And, and then you say, oh, well, work harder. There's people that are working two jobs and over 60 hours a week to try to make it. And they don't have enough money to afford rent and food. And it's getting like that everywhere. It isn't just in, in resort communities. It, I've heard that it's happening in areas of Montana, too. It's disgusting. So... I'd love to be an uh, agent on your channel, 35 years of experience in California. You know, like the people that have been on my channel, um, like right now I'm really selective. I have to have known them for a period of time. I, um, I just have to, I have to know them, <laughs> I have to know them for a period of time. Um, usually I have met them at some kind of conference at some point, or we've had, um, you know, we, I get into real estate mastermind groups a lot. Uh, and we've had like, uh, full-on conversations. And if I feel like they are benefit to the channel, I will gladly have them on. Um, I actually had somebody reach out to me recently and this was the craziest thing that it was, a, it's a couple, it's a, a two guys and they wanted to come on here to talk to you guys on how you can be a corporate landlord. I'm like, you are barking up the wrong tree. Like, Honestly, you've probably never seen my content because that is the worst person. You guys would be the, you'd be shredded. Maybe I should have them on there just so you guys could just literally annihilate them in the comments. Oh, ooh, that might be a good idea. <laughs> but they were like, oh yeah, we want to show them how you can use, uh, you know, capital equity and all this stuff and become your own corporate investor and have lots of rental properties. I'm like, oh dude, you've never watched one of my live streams. What the heck? <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, we got a super chat. $5 super chat. I'm looking at houses in with LGI homes. I rejected their first offer. They called me back and said interest rates have dropped. Will interest rates drop more in like, oh, it was like probably in the next week or two. The bonds market right now, who knows? Like, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week um, if, if it will go down anymore. Uh, just know that if when it goes down, don't try to time it too much because once it goes down, it will probably go back up again. No one ever thought that there, when, it, when the rates were in the twos, that they would go up to the fives. And I said, oh, I'm sure my next first, first part of the next quarter will be in the fives. They said, absolutely not. Everybody laughed at me. And sure enough, I was right. And I wanted to do the I told you so dance. Do you guys know what the I told you so dance is? Eddie does. I'm going to show it to you because it's my birthday. Ready? <laughs> I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I told, told, told you so. <laughs> do, 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 do. Told you so. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> All right. Happy birthday. Uh, the new glasses <laughs> and the constant laughter. Yeah. These are my new reading glasses. Yeah. Look at them. My, uh, I know they probably like me and look like uh, Mrs. Claus, but I don't care. I love them. <laughs> yeah. I, the told, I, and then you should do like, you should see that uh, I won because you lost dance. If I ever win a game, I am the sorest winner ever. I do a whole dance and I'm laughing the whole entire time because I won. <laughs> so, all right. Jody Johnson says, Christine, will you please tell your mom thank you for being uh, your mom? She did a great job. Yeah, my mom and dad, man, I, I got lucky. When it, Whenever people get the, when they tell me about their parents and stuff and I'm like, you know, I didn't have them too bad. 
<laughs> there could have been so much worse, so much worse. I was very lucky to have the parents that I had. <laughs> People are laughing at my dancing in the comment section. Hey, it's fine. <laughs> Everybody's having fun. <laughs> Gina says, is it normal for the buyer to ask the seller to pay one of your year's insurance in case anything goes wrong with the house? So you can ask for a, um, uh, we have like a, a warranty, home warranty. So yeah, I always ask the sellers for home warranty. Um, and they're, I, they're like, they're under a thousand bucks depending on the size of the house. But um, I get Old Republic, not sponsored by them, by the way. I wish they'd give me an affiliate link, but they can't do that anymore. Um, but Old Republic is a, uh, a home warranty system. Anything happens to the house, they come out, you call them up, they come out and they fix it. Um, I've had excellent luck with them. There's a bunch of them out there and there are some home warranty companies that are a complete ripoff. Don't get me wrong. And I would strongly suggest just checking out the reviews in your specific area because just because I recommend Old Republic here in Louisiana, it may not be really great in like Wisconsin or something. So just, just find out what the best warranty company is in the area when it comes to that. And um, yeah, you can ask the seller to pay for that. Thank you for the happy birthday wishes. I appreciate everybody. Yep. Thank you so much. You're like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. I'm more hair than John Travolta. Thankfully. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, all right, Eddie, let's show them this story. So this story came out on TikTok and I actually saw this thing that happened. And this is where um, sometimes I feel like class and society has, has gone amok. You know, like it just, it broke my heart. Cause I, I, I follow this girl because she bought herself a house and she fixed up this house because she got it for super cheap. So she happens to live in a manufactured home. It's on her own piece of property. Cause the, the actual title is wrong. It says that she lives in a trailer park. She does not live in a trailer park. She lives on her own piece of land. She got this house for a steal. And all she was doing was Oh, look, before the holidays came up, I went ahead and got all my kids Christmas presents ahead of time. And you, and I was like, oh, these are really cool things, you know? And you would think that people would be like, oh, that's really neat. You got a good deal on that. Do you know what they were doing in the comments? They were trashing her for spending money on their ki her kids' Christmas and not buying a better home. I'm like, what has gone wrong with society? She has a wonderful home that she has actually fixed up. She has made this manufactured home. It's an older one. It is older, but she's painted it. She's redone um, rooms. I mean, it looks brand new and modern pretty much inside. And she bought a bunch of stuff for her kids to get ahead of the Christmas rush. And it wasn't even super expensive stuff. But the comment section was literally just trashing her on what type of home she decided to live in. I'm like, has anybody looked at the economy? Like this blew my mind. And maybe, maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Like you let me know in the comment section, but I thought this was crazy. I thought she had bought herself an inexpensive home for her family. That was safe and, and wonderful. She got ahead on, on her Christmas shopping. She wanted to share it on TikTok, and all anybody could do is trash her for living in a, in a manufactured home or a mobile home. Blew my mind. 
blew my mind. I was like, are you kidding? She's a genius. She's not paying rent to anybody. And not only that, she's got enough money saved that she was able to get ahead on her kids' Christmas shopping. Y'all are totally missing the mark if you're that concerned of what type of house she lives on. I don't even know why people care. Like, why do people care that she lives in a manufactured home or a mobile home, whatever you want to call it? She's a genius as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, people responded by insulting and mocking her trailer home and claiming that she's poor because she shops too much. It wasn't that she shops too much. She was actually being smart. Like, honest. Uh, uh, it says, did you ever think that they would stop shopping so much that you could afford a real home? <laughs> the comment was instantly criticized by users. And aside from being cruel, it also traffics the same brain dead ideology that underpins claims that millennials buying avocado toast is why we can't afford houses. That is true. That is true. It had nothing like, I don't know. I think she's a genius. I think she's an absolute genius. She bought something that she could afford that allowed her to be able to buy her kids things that she wouldn't be able to purchase if she was renting because rent would have cost her a heck of a lot more. Yep. Wow. I'm getting lots of her happy birthday wishes. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, so it says, how dare this woman live within her means and aspire for financial stability rather than so uh, social approval. I know. Right. Right. I think she's a smart, smart girl. And like, she's done some, the whole reason I was even following her is that she bought it and it was kind of a hot mess, you know? And she's been doing all these little side projects every single weekend to fix up this manufactured home, like to make it up to snuff. Where she, not anything like she's not like ripping out cabinetries, but she's like repainting the cabinet and like putting down some good, you know, uh, like inside covers. And she made the uh, the cabinets have some really cool drawers inside where it kind of separated everything. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really neat. She's uh, she did this one floor where she put wallpaper. This is to me, it sounded crazy, but when it got done, it was absolutely beautiful. She, in this little toilet room, she had put down wallpaper down, let it sit, you know, and then she poured uh, acrylic resin on top of it. So that's the floor in her little like toilet room. And it looks so cool. Like she has this acrylic resin, uh, powder room, I guess with this, the, a floor that no one will else will ever have it. It's so neat. Yeah. So he said, she's out of debt. They're not. That's right. I think as it comes out of like, ugh. yeah, manufactured homes are stigmatized. They truly are. And I, I'm trying, I've been trying for years to take the stigma away because they really are a really great affordable housing option for many. And there's nothing wrong with them. Nothing. And there are some classist people like Dave Ramsey that says anybody that lives in a manufactured home, you're not, you don't own a home. You own a car that you sleep in. He literally said that I'm not, that, that was a direct quote. I've used it many times in many videos where he said that. And, um, that's not true. That is not true. Just like any piece of real estate where you're located at, where you put that manufactured home, the actual area itself makes all the difference. Now, I will tell you, will it make you as much uh, income in the future as it would for a traditional stick-built home? Absolutely not. It will not. But to say it will, it's worthless in 10 years is literally stupidity. That is not true. 
it is not worthless in 10 years. That's, that's for sure. Only if it's attached to a piece of land. If it's in a park, you could lose money on it. But if you own it on a piece of land, it's not worthless. I'm getting so many happy birthdays. I feel like a superstar. <laughs> really do. Thank you so much. <laughs> yep. Any more questions? You want to go ahead and put them on the screen, Edward Noru? Dave, Ram <laughs> Dave Ramsey is arrogant, quite, uh, quite sadly. Yes, he is arrogant. And he, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, if you're not putting down at least 60% when you're buying a home, you're a moron. I'm like, who has that money, dude? And he was like, you got to work with one of our, one of our specialized teams. So you can, you can do this. Cause you're a moron. <laughs> you're living in fantasy land and you know, and even you have a mortgage on your house, buddy. <laughs> So, oh, look, at that. look at that. I got a nice little happy birthday with tons of emojis. Thank you, Wes. I appreciate you. <laughs> You're a superstar. Superstar. <laughs> oh, we got another question that came in. It says, Christina, what do you want for your birthday? World peace. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I guess with age. Um, things that I want are different, but what I really would like is, I don't know if you guys know, but I have six cats. I would like uh, a, a litter robot. I have one already. I would like one more litter robot in the house. Those things are magical. That's what I want. I want a litter robot, <laughs> but I did get the sneakers I wanted. I wanted a pair of on clouds. My husband got me those. Um, my, my daughter got me a pair of sleep pants. Um, I just love when my kids are all here and I'm glad they're going to all be here for my birthday dinner. So I'm a happy camper. I don't need much. I'm a simple girl. I'm a simple girl. <laughs> uh, question. What do you think of homes with a 99 year land lease, either stick frame or manufactured? I just saw an article about this and I, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I don't, I do not believe that anybody that has, I don't think it's a good idea because of the fact the homes usually when they're on these leased land houses, that means that it's a separate home. The mortgage is going to be separate because it won't be a mortgage. It will be considered what they call the United States, a chattel loan. So if you have this house that you're making payments on and you've paid it off all the way to the end, you don't have full title to that house. Meaning that if you go to sell it, you have to ask the permission of the people that own the land lease to sell your own home. They control it. They control the dirt that's underneath it. To me, I understand you want to find an affordable place to live, but you're still under the thumb of somebody else saying, if you can or cannot sell that piece of property, how you can sell that piece of property, what you can do with your piece of land. Cause technically they own, they le you're just leasing that land from them. Mm, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it for manufactured homes. I don't like it for houses, but it's one of those things that I've, I've seen more and more of recently. I saw an article about it in Arizona. Yikes, yikes, fruit stripes. I don't like it. Ann says, I spoke to a mortgage representative who told me that the bank requires no down payment. I thought I was got scammed. What's your take? Happy birthday. 
that's very possible. There's all sorts of um, loans out there. Um, you can do rural development and I think you can still do like, a, I think it's 103% financing where you can actually roll in your uh, closing costs into the loan itself. There's FHA loans that um, have that. Yeah, there's loan packages out there that may not require uh, a down payment. That That is very possible. Um, you're not getting scammed. <laughs> but if it, it feels funny to you and they send you a bunch of numbers and stuff like that, take it to another mortgage broker and ask them, like, is this a real thing or are they hosing me? You know? Yeah. But no, it, it they do exist. It does exist. Uh, Deborah says, I have a cash buyer coming tomorrow and weren't a, and aren't using agents. Any suggestions? We have a buy a cash buyer coming tomorrow and we aren't using any agents. Any suggestions? Oh, okay. So you're the seller, I'm assuming. Um, I would just, you know, don't don't talk. <laughs> don't, that's what I'd say. Don't talk. Don't give them any information that you don't have to. Just let them go through and and let them do all the talking. You listen, ask them a bunch of questions, but don't don't say anything other than what you know about the house. Don't tell them why you're moving. Don't tell them like, just, just like, cause they like people that are usually crafty like that. They, uh, they know what they're doing. So they're, they're, you ask a lot of questions. Don't let them ask questions of you. And, uh, yeah, that's what I tell you. And then not only that I would get yourself when you're, um, go ahead and find yourself a closing attorney now that when you, if you decide that, you know, you're going to accept an offer, find yourself in a closing attorney now, and then ask the closing attorney if, for help because you're paying them anyway. So you might as well ask there for their help. They may, they may be very limited on what they can do for, to help you, but at least you have something. You can also hire somebody. Uh, you can hire a real estate agent as what they call a fiduciary, where you're just basically doing the paperwork and you can hire a real estate agent that way. And the commissions for that are nominal. I mean, they're not really that expensive. So that's another way you could do it. So yeah, literal robot to the rescue. Yeah. You know, cause like all you have to do is dump out the little bucket at the bottom. Oh, I want a little robot. <laughs> you know, like one year I got a vacuum for Christmas and my mom said, I would be so offended if I got a vacuum for Christmas. And I'm like, that was like the best gift. I was so excited. I'm getting that freaking vacuum. Because I I kept saying I want a I want a vacuum that doesn't lose suction that doesn't cost as much as a mortgage payment because you know Dyson vacuum cleaners are ridiculously expensive so my husband found this vacuum that wasn't it didn't cost as much as a Dyson and it didn't lose suction <laughs> so yeah I I'm still getting I'm still getting all the birthday wishes thank you so much I'm so excited. So exciting. If you guys have questions, go ahead and put them in the screen on the screen. Those Dysons, man, they're super expensive. But if you're gonna go for like a dupe of a Dyson, go buy yourself a shark. Those sharks will last you a lifetime. I love me a shark. <laughs> we have the uh because we I have six cats and three dogs, and so the fur goes a flying. So we have those shark uh, those robots that go around the house and suck up all the fur. Those work, they work. Bye, DB Douglas. Thank you so much for the birthday wishes. All right, everybody. Listen, if you need a real estate agent in your area, I'm just going to tell you right now to go ahead and go over to my website, christinasmallhorn.com. And all you have to do is hit one of the pink buttons. And if you're looking for a real estate agent, fill out the form. Tell me the area you want to live in. 
it already has little areas that you just fill out. It's super simple to fill out and you just fill it out and I will get a hold of you. I will give you a call. I'll talk to you about your real estate needs. Also, if you're interested in my coffee cup, there's a link in the description. You can get this gigantic 28 ounce coffee club cup. I have an affiliate link in the description of this video. Another link I have in the description of this video is for foreclosure.com. If you're interested in finding a foreclosure, because they, like I said, they just released a bunch of them about a month ago, go to foreclosure.com and check it out. I have an affiliate link for that. So it'll bring down the price of the, um, of that website itself. And one last thing, if you're wanting to listen to this on the replay, you can always find me on anywhere you listen to podcasting. So if you're looking for a podcast to listen to on your run or, or when you're running around doing your grocery shopping, when you're spending less than a hundred bucks to find a family of four, just go over to right here. And uh, it says real estate for everyone by Christina Smallhorn. Um, all of these uh, live streams are posted as podcasts over there. So you can take a listen, a little, little, little listen. If there's anything specifically that you want to talk about next week, let me know in the comments section below after this video is published. I appreciate every single one of you. And thank you so much for the birthday wishes and the super chats. And I also want to say a thank you to my moderators that always keep my chat really nice and fun. And I hope you guys had as much fun on my birthday as I did with you because it was great. It was really good. And plus, I got to do the I told you so dance. Who doesn't love the I told you so dance? The people on the podcast don't get to see my great dancing skills. <laughs> so, thank you so much, everybody. Have a great week. We'll talk later. Be good. Stay out of trouble. Don't talk to strangers. Look both ways before crossing. Don't look up. You know, these are all good advice. Everybody dance. Dance with me on the way out. This is perfect.